This is the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? It generates something like two point. $4 billion. I don't know. Maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I knew you were going to go there. Why is relating to deep mind where there's schools of beaches? Today's show is brought to you by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. The Finding Fins Fishing Podcast is part of the Sporting Journal Radio family, where our mission is to hunt, fish, conserve, and do it all over again. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to SportingJournalRadio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at SportingJournalRadio.com. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are on location today. Uh, if you're listening to this on the radio show, thank you for listening to this radio station. If you're downloading the podcast, thank you for doing that as well, too. If you're streaming it on demand at sportingjournalradio.com, thank you very much. Maybe you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook. As you can see, we're not in our normal studio. We are at this place right here, Riverbend's Lake of the Woods. It's uh, the resort, and we're with the guys here from Riverbend. Guys and girl and, and whatever, we're kind of hanging out here. Uh, Paul Johnson. River Band, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Brett. Good. I'm doing all right. Awesome. Thanks for coming up and visiting us. Yeah, you bet. Why can't I hear you? Try that again. Hey, Brett. There we go. One, two, three. That's better. All right. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Good. Thanks for having us up here, of course. Absolutely. Can you hold that just a hair closer, though, when you do that? Absolutely. There you go. All right. Good. Um, tell, uh, Tell everybody where we are, what you guys do here. So uh, we are Riverbend Resort uh, up on Lake of the Woods. We're located on the Rainy River. Uh, just a short boat ride through Four Mile Bay and you're out on the lake. Uh, being on the river as well, it kind of gives you access to go both directions. Um, we're right snack, smack dab in the middle of it up here. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place here. And we're eating some fish that we caught. Greg, you cleaned those fish. Greg Jones is with us. They're delicious. Yeah, How, is there any bones in there? No bones. No bones, okay, good. Tried out that new filet knife. Yeah, um, tell what did you think of that new fillet knife? It's nice, nice, light, flexible blade. Got used to it yesterday and went through them a lot faster today, so I liked it. Yeah, and that's from Smith Dina and Dina Vick is, is with us as well. Uh, Eider Communication, King Eider Communications. Uh, tell us, tell us about that. Now, what knife are we using? Who's that from? Uh, from Smith's Products. Grab the, grab the microphone right there. Smith Products. Smith's Products. Smith's yes. Products. Very cool. Um, so it was kind of nice to have uh, some new knives to try out. We got to uh, test out some new canoes while we were out here. We caught a bunch of fish. Of course, it's Lake of the Woods. And this time of year, Paul, can be uh, a really good time for fishing up here, can it? Oh, yeah. This is like the culminating part of the year that kind of sets the whole rest of the seasons off. The shiners are running up the Rainy River, and those walleyes are following they come in, they, they purge, you know, the fall time is some of the best times to get some big walleyes up here. Yeah, of course. And we caught some smallmouth and I've, I've seen some other uh, nice fish getting caught too. And we, Brian Smith is with us too. Brian, how's it going? Oh, uh, it's going good, man. Good. Let's <laughs> just get everybody. Thanks for remembering me. I let's, mean, just get, <laughs> yeah. let's just get everybody introduced real quick here on the show. Uh, I'm also with Riverbend Resort. Yeah. Um, so before we kind of talk about what we're doing up here and what's going on, Brian, I just I think we should just start off with what we witnessed last night. So basically, I went to bed, and then uh, 
I'm laying there and my phone goes off and I'm like, why, who's calling me right now? And here it's, it's Brian calling me and saying, you need to come outside. And what did we see when we came out there? Absolutely spectacular Aurora Borealis. It was probably um, one of the best shows that I've ever seen in my lifetime of all the Northern travel that I've done. And I think I tried to start getting a hold of you sometime just after 11 and I was I was like, oh man, he's had a long day, he traveled, they got out on the water, you know, they were you know, getting some fish, getting some great pictures of the area. So finally it was about midnight and I'm like trying to call you and I just sent you the picture. It was classic by the way, because <laughs> you had to have been just waking up. Do you remember what you texted me back? What something about Northern Lights? Yeah. Question mark. I was like, <laughs> no, like, oh man. The ice cream trucks. And stuff. <laughs> so anyway, Which so we come. I got out. excited about that for as well. Let's right. Be you, you correct me if I'm wrong, though. I mean, we had from sometime around eleven o'clock last night to it was had to have been around two in the morning or something like that. That it it just lasted mm. and lasted and just about every aspect of what anybody has ever seen for uh, Northern Lights, anything from the mist and the haze to the beams to all the dancing. And then the crazy part was, is when the sky started to pulsate really yeah. late at night. And I think you and I both were like, what is that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it was awesome, it really was. I mean, it's so spectacular to be here. And that's, that's the great thing about being up here and coming fishing and stuff, I mean, for some reason, this part of the world really attracts that kind of, I mean, when they say the Northern Lights are going to come, even though it might be for Kenora, we get it. Yeah. You know, Kenora's way up in Canada. But anyway, we, we get them. We get them right here. It's not they, that far from us, though. Not far enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not that far. No, and, it, and, it, and it, the last few times I've seen Northern Lights, uh, and I've seen some some pretty pretty good shows, but I, I, ne I'm, it's, I feel like I'm always surprised by it. Like, oh, my gosh. There's Northern Lights. So I'm grabbing camera gear and I'm trying to remember how to take Northern Lights pictures because it's not easy to do. And I'm trying to get videos and time lapses. And and it's been it's been something uh, of a of a mission of mine to try to get good Northern Lights photos and good Northern Lights videos and definitely got some of the best ones that first night. And as of this recording, we found out that they're going to appear again the next night. So we're going to go out there again and uh, hopefully see those see those Northern Lights again. Oh, absolutely. But, and by the way, I noticed you posted some wonderful pictures so anybody that's listening or watching us right now literally get on to brett's uh all of his social media and, and check that stuff out it's really super cool yeah i put a couple pictures on sporting journal radio on facebook and then you guys shared them i think on, on the riverbend right. facebook page yeah. too so absolutely uh follow both of those if you're not check them out of course and if you're watching this on youtube or facebook make sure you give us a like comment below uh share this with your friends and uh tell everybody this is the greatest show you've ever watched in the history of shows please because why not I, I, I think it is, but I'm a little biased. So Dina, you'd never seen Northern Lights before. Grab a microphone there and tell us about it. No, I haven't. Awesome. Total bucket list thing for me, and so it was great. Yeah. The fact that you got up here, like the day that they showed up is, is a coincidence, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just meant to be. <laughs> and it was pretty funny because every time they'd start to dim out, We'd be like, oh, I guess the show's over, you know? So like, oh, I guess we'll, well, maybe we'll get to bed at somewhat of a respectable hour, you know? No, then they get bright again. And then they'd start to dim. I'm like, all right, maybe that's the end. And I think Dina, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go to bed before it 
gets bright again or whatever. So she walks away. It gets bright again. And then it's back out again. Well, and then Brian and I were hanging out there for a little while. And then it starts to dim. So then Brian takes off. And I'm just bound and determined to get good footage of these northern lights. So I'm like, I'm staying out here till the bitter end. If I got to wait till the sun comes up, I don't care. This is happening. And, and, And all of a sudden they start rippling. And then I think I hear Dina's voice. I'm out there for like another hour by myself. And all of a sudden I hear Dina's voice near you guys just walked up the hill. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I was going to say, we went to the front and we saw him again. And that's when it started to pulsate. And I saw Dina come outside to get something out of her car. And I go, hey, Dina. She didn't know where I was at. She's like looking all around went, hello? And I was like, no, I'm over here. Come here, look at this. And it was, yeah, again, it was just spectacular. So yeah, we were out there for quite a while longer. But... I have to say, I'm glad that you guys were there because I wouldn't have known because I see all the pictures, you know, and I think a lot of people do. People, I posted it today and and um, people were asking me about it and they're like, oh, it really looks like that. And so I expected to see, see this bright green electrifying things and it kind of gets that way and your pictures look that way. But in the beginning, it was just, you know, kind of that... I don't know, cloudy, white kind of Looks like kind of a color. white cloud, doesn't it's it? A, yeah, it does. Yeah, so I wouldn't have known that. Almost. Yeah, it's a hue, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a hue. I wouldn't have known that's what I was looking at. I thought it was the lights of a city because I'm from the city. And then that's when you said, no, that's the lake. There's nothing there. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's, there's got no it. There are got no it. lights <laughs> under the lake there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only lights are in Kenora. Yeah. That's a long <laughs> way. Long way, way, yeah, way out there. Yeah. So in <laughs> And, and when you go further north, you will start to see some purples and some brighter colors in them. And once in a while, you'll get some of those colors down here, probably a little bit later in the year, maybe, maybe more towards winter. You'll see them like that here. But but then we did get to see them like it just was kind of a dull, kind of that dull hue. And you'd see a little bit of dancing in there. And then as the night went on and they came back, boy, they, they put on a pretty good show for us here. Yeah. Right. It, like I said, it was it was really spectacular. So. I remember, and it was like it was like we had a moment out there, Brian. A little we, bit. we did. That was so funny because I was gonna walk away, right? Yeah, I was gonna walk away, and all of a sudden the sky began to pulsate, right? It's just like looking at if you can imagine in your mind looking across the top of a of, of a lake, just a real, just a rippling lake, but in that repetition of motion, and there was all this silence. It was well. I said, "Go, man. What do you think causes that?" And he goes, "I really don't know." And so there was this there was this moment of silence, and I went, "Well, man, I can honestly say that you and I have had a moment." (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those nights. And what I thought it was one of those nights. You know, we were trying to figure it out, and it was just enjoying the show and checking out Mother Nature. And then you were telling me about sitting out here for a meteor shower one night. Oh yeah. uh, for the, um, oh gosh, what is it called? Perseides. Yeah, yeah. So we. Perseides? Yeah, Perseides. Perseides? Mercedes, Perseides. I don't know. It starts with the P, ends with that. I know, I know. All right, so forgive me, I'm butchering that. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Perseides, I believe. But that was in August, I believe. And so we went over to Grayson Beach, which is just down the road from us, and we got a spectacular show, and my daughter. Maya, who works up here with us as well, um, you know, she had a professional camera or has a professional camera like you have, and she was getting all these spectacular shots and everything. But I tell you something, one of the one of the things that not a whole lot of people know know about this area as well, and I don't know why it's not more talked about, is 
the meteors that actually crash here, right, right here. So I want to say it was last November, maybe a year ago, when we were out on the back patio mm -hmm. and we had the fire rings out there, and we saw one coming from basically the south, and it flashed, and it flashed again when it got over one of our, our neighboring resorts, and then it flashed again over the top of us, and then it disappeared out over the lake. And not too long after that, we heard the, the boom where it obviously it hit, either somewhere in the lake or a landmass or an island or whatever. And then it was a few minutes after that, we felt the shock that come through. That's crazy. And it like shook the trailers out there and everything. And it was just amazing. And then in August during uh, that, one of, the, one of the guys that works here actually saw the, uh, a couple of them actually crash over here in Canada. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy spectacular um, for all that kind of stuff. I mean, so you're coming up here and you're going fishing and you're bringing your family up here and you know, you're having a good time here. And then who knew you could just go outside and enjoy all of that too, right? I yeah. mean, it's just, it's just great. You know, that, that, those are the kind of things you see when you're out in places like this, where you're out having an adventure in nature, whatever. It's not just about catching fish. It's not just about catching big fish. It's not just about going on a hunting trip. It's all the things that you experience as part of that, whether it's a show from Mother Nature or an experience like, uh, Greg, you took us uh, uh, down the river and you were pointing out things as we go down the river. And you're like, oh, that cabin right there. I'm going to do my Greg Jones impersonation. Oh, that cabin right there. Uh, it's uh, it's from a Les Cuba painting. Yeah, Les Cuba did a painting up there. Yeah, and, you, and it's a, a, a Bluebill, I can't remember what it was called. Bluebill's on the Rainy River, I think it is. And it's a picture of this cabin on the river with like three bluebills, you know, flying in front of it. So as we're going by, what happens but a flock of bluebills fly in front of the Les Cuba cabin. The pa Like, we, we saw the painting in real life. Yeah. Like, we 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 uh, we got to experience that, and that's just you don't see that stuff when you're sitting on your couch. It's a at beautiful home. place, and that uh, those northern lights. If you're fortunate enough to catch them when the ice is out there, if you're out there in a sleeper or you know spending the night, it's really spectacular. Yeah. Then, Greg, you kind of grew up on this river. Yeah, it's been in my family's bloodline for a long time. I have lived in the south to go back and forth, but my grandpa. He was going into Canada in the 20s and the car broke down on one of the trips and they got it repaired and bought it and started fishing here and that's kind of how it all started. So it's, uh, I fished on the lake for 70s, 80s into the 90s, or the river, excuse me, and then eventually started to, as the boats got bigger, started to adventure out on the, on the lake and uh, pretty much have covered a lot of water from 40, 50 miles to the east, uh, 40, 50 miles to the west. Love the place. How have you, do you think you've caught more walleyes here on the Rainy River and Lake of the Woods or filmed more Midwest Outdoors TV shows? <laughs> Which one do you oh, think? Both, yeah. <laughs> we were catching walleyes long before Midwest Outdoors came along, but it, uh, it's always been a family tradition. It gets in your blood, especially the, you know, the family always did a school got out. The next day we got in the car and we were up here for a week in the, be the first of June. And then the fall trip was always there too. So it, uh, you know, and you have your family up here now, don't you? Yeah, mom and dad are out to the west, and uh, you know, over the years, I got buddies coming up. They've actually started to bring their kids, and I mean, it's just kind of something that gets passed along. And you know, a lot of it's the great fishing, but a lot of it's 
escaping the city and getting into a place where there's some space to relax and enjoy. And, you know, this fall especially, everybody's always in a good mood here, but it seems like the fall is a kind of a special breed that likes to come up, you know. You've got the grouse hunting going on. If oh, yeah. you wanted to do some waterfall hunting, you could, but everybody's always chasing them walleyes. Those, we got some tasty ones right in front of us right now. Those are the ones we caught. Yeah. And, and you guys are cooking them up for us, which is great. Um, and there's water, speaking of waterfall, there's geese all over the place right now. And there's actually quite a few ducks. We saw quite a few ducks winging around out there right now. And Greg, when you leave Lake of the Woods and you're headed headed south, and when we say south, we're not talking about Texas or Arkansas, Dina. She's from the south. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're talking about southern Minnesota, central Minnesota mm-hmm. for that matter. Um, when you leave Lake of the Woods, do you get like out of the parking lot and then turn around and be like, I can't, I can't yeah, leave. About 72 hours down there, that's about enough. <laughs> One traffic jam, you know, <laughs> yeah, trip to the back. cities and that's enough, we're out of there, you know. But it is, it's a different lifestyle, you know, Lake of the Woods County is the only county I know of where there is no stoplight, not in the whole county, you know, so. I love just it. a different, uh, that's crazy. Know, a lot of back roads to go, if you want to go grouse hunting, there's a lot of, uh, state forest out there so you know down in that country you gotta knock on a lot of doors and know somebody to get out hunting or hit the wildlife management's here south of town and off to the west or the east it's all pretty much state forest you know so there's a lot of places to go hunting and you know as far as the fishing goes you got boat landings up and down the river and you've got you know the wind can blow a little bit here so you learn to play the wind and move around to the different places to get on the lake you got public accesses and then there's some private accesses you can pay to get on but you know maybe cost you 10 or 15 bucks but if you took off out of here and drove that far by boat you'd burn more in gas anyway so we're all kind of easy to trailer and just go wherever you want to go and the shiners are are in the river shiners are in the river we're uh we're kind of in that transition time. The water temp's still 60 degrees, which is very unusual for this time of year. So we're in, and it's about ready to change. Like I said yesterday, when we were up by Clements, and that was the first snow buntings I seen. And uh, that's always a sign of fall is about to arrive. I found it interesting that we didn't see them on the road too. We saw them on the bank of the river. So it was like they maybe just flew in last night or something, but keep hearing about weather out to the west and snow in Montana and we know it's coming this way so it's about ready to change and that's where I got the ice fishing clothing along and that's (laughs) really what I want on right now. Colder the better this time of year and that that brings the fish in but the the bait's definitely in the river. Yeah. We've got a little bit of rain so everywhere in the whole state has been dry currents down a little bit but it's more rain in the forecast so that's uh that's what we're looking for. Some want the water temps down and the current to come up. We should mention that uh, today we're recording this on, on October 12th, my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom, by the way. It's Tuesday night. So if you listen to us on the radio, we recorded this a couple of days ago. But if you're watching the podcast, we probably recorded this a couple of days ago, too. Happy birthday, Brett's mom. Uh, she says thank you very much. And she loves all of us, I'm sure is what she would probably say after that. Uh, the shiners, when we were fishing up, when we got into that bay up there, there was just thousands of them jumping all over the place. Oh, they were thick in there, and it's something that's gone on for decades, you know, before they put regulations on on the minnows, uh, how you could harvest them or how you can gather them. We used to bring cheesecloth and clothespins and 
put them in the dip net or the landing net and stick the net down and you'd have your bait for the day. I mean, can't do that anymore legally. So, I mean, but long ago, that was a, it's just a gathering spot. For years, I thought they were spawning. I mean, that would be your natural instinct, but it's actually a feeding run. I mean, those same minnows spawn on the, the shorelines outside of Pine Island and off to the west in June. And it's uh, one of the most incredible bites you can bump into. I mean, that's that's the neat thing about this place. Once you learn the the rotation of the the fishing seasons, I guess that's kind of, I don't really go by the calendar. I go by the what the fish are doing. Right. You know, and we got the uh, deer season coming up and got hunting season and everybody's going to be itching for first ice. It's a good time to get oh, out yeah. there and... Well, so when you when you talk about like uh, the shiners in the river and then the walleyes running up to the river, you know, obviously some fish are always kind of probably moving in or maybe moving in and out or whatever. But you made it sound like it's this big mass migration, like all of a sudden, bam, a light switch flips, you know, and boom, a, a mass of walleyes will move in. Yeah, the current uh, dictates it when the bait moves in. Like we were kind of joking around out there, but it'd be be fun to sit out there in Four Mile Bay on a nice, flat, calm night. You know, I've heard a lot of speculation, but, uh, you know, if you think about it, it's four foot out there crossing there, so they're probably not going to venture across there in big three, four foot waves, but you get a nice, flat, calm night cold temperatures and a bunch of minnows going in you know if i was a walleye i'd follow them shiners are gotta be good to eat they love them so um but that uh yeah i mean different each year but when they get going you can have some of the best fishing of your lifetime and i mean they're they'll be in the river throughout the winter um springtime it's real popular to fish in april a lot of people know about that but once that spawns done you know those fish dissipate there you know there's some big ones left in the river but most of those fish drop back out and i think from what i can gather they, they say only 15 to 20 percent of the fish in the lake actually spawn in the river so oh. there's always plenty of fish in the lake too but it's it's a it's a cozier feeling catching them in the river. So, so is that two million walleyes then? Is that oh, something like that? <laughs> and you can wave to the Canadians over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, we spent some time in the river because we were fishing out of uh, some smaller boats. And when you think of Lake of the Woods, there's occasionally time for some smaller boats. But these were canoes. And Dina, we you're like, let's go let's go fish out of canoes on the rainy river in October. And I was like, are you, you're crazy, right? Let's <laughs> are you serious? But we did it, and it was beautiful and it was calm and it uh it was like sunny and like glass i don't know if if paul and brian i don't know if you guys have seen the pictures yet but it was like a perfect sunset on the river and she was back you know we were taking pictures of her uh fishing out of the canoe behind us and we were fishing by the rapids and it was it was beautiful it was way cool and tell us about the canoes that you there the canoe that you were fishing out of so it's uh made by a skeef and uh, mine's the Adirondack. And I really like it because it only weighs 40 pounds. So, you know, for me by myself, when they're heavy, like I have a lot of kayaks, but they're really heavy. And I'm dragging them and, you know, trying to get them on top of the car before, now I have a cool new trailer, but um, I try to get them on top of the car and everything else and it's just a hassle. 
And uh, with this one, it's very easy to pick up. Well, I even saw you, and I turned around, and you came walking up with. I was like, "Well, you've got to." You know, I was carrying it with arm. one hand, like I was just grabbed it with one hand and was carrying it up from the landing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two girls. I pick things up and put them down. Uh, it's canoes. Paul Bunyan. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Bunyan, curling canoes. Yeah, and uh, as far as uh, getting around in that thing, it was pretty easy to maneuver and Absolutely. handle fish with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very stable because I even I'm used to standing up in, in kayaks. And I, at one point, I don't know if you guys heard me. I was like, well, I'm just going to stand up. And I went, I better not do that. But then, you know, when I took it over to the bank that one time. I did. And I was fine. Yeah, we were watching you do it saying, don't stand up. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do it. But uh, yeah, you stayed dry, though. So that was good. It was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very comfortable. And I liked how easy it was to maneuver, like trying to get around the boat or get over to, to you guys, you know, because I kind of wondered how that would be with the current and everything. But I mean, it was great. No, and it was fine. And I know on the rainy, you can navigate and fish with some smaller boats. And I think those canoes, I think that'd be a lot of fun to come up here and fish on a, You know, on a, obviously anywhere you go, you want it to be fairly calm when you're in a canoe or whatever. But it was great for us out there and caught some fish that we're currently eating right now. Yeah. Uh, where, are they, those, where are those canoes out of? Uh, um, up in Canada. Canada, yeah. Fr- a f- French Canadian. Fr- right. I don't, that was not a French Canadian accent at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was from. I took French in high school too because we'd go to Canada for fishing trips so I thought I'd need to learn French because I'm going to go fish in Canada I didn't need to learn French they say they say everything twice once in English parlez-vous something like that something like that you know that talking about those when um, Dina got into town that's the very first question I asked her was the stability because I mean being a guy that grew up as a kid and that's how we, we would fish from and swim from and canoes yep and you know bow fish and all that other stuff deer hunt we always wound up wet sooner or later sooner or later no matter what it was you know you you could be the most seasoned guy in a canoe but your buddy you just put in there it's not so that was the first thing i asked her is how stable they are and so hearing hearing that it's it, they sound they sound pretty nice and i'd like to get in one and, and check it out myself so. well if we had more time we should duck hunt out of the camel one that right. dean oh, yeah. has got on the trailer yeah yeah you need to get that out there and check it out before i leave yeah it's got a square back on it so we can put a motor on it you can put a three horse outboard on it or if you want to put a mud motor or a troller or something like that on it i'm gonna duck on out of it this fall we didn't have time up here but and that canoe that camel one it's what's really cool about it is it's camel on the inside too right well so is mine my adirondack has camel on the inside yeah but it's blue so it's (laughs) i think that's that's more of a fashion statement well yeah but the inside it looks nice it looks flying over yeah, no, Never it looks know. good. But the other yeah. one is like that, like like a like a camel hunting pattern on the inside and the outside, so it'll blend in nice. Because there's a problem that you have a lot of times with duck boats. If you don't have, like my duck boat doesn't, I don't have a blind on it, so a lot of times it's just transport, and then you get out on an island or in a marsh or wherever, and you get out, and then you got to hide the boat somewhere. So they're always bending cattails, you know, over the side of the boat to hide it. With this, I mean, I'd probably still camel it up and stubble it up a little bit, but when you got that camel on the inside, you can hide it a lot better. And that's what, 70 pounds? Right. Yeah, I'm excited to hunt out of that one. And that's a pretty wicked trailer that you got them on right now. It is. You got it? that pretty, I mean, you got that because you're gonna, you needed a trailer anyway, but mm-hmm. you hauled that up here from 
Oh, South Carolina. South Carolina. North Carolina. Argentina. North Carolina. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I went from Arkansas all the way to Asheboro, North Carolina to pick it up, turned around, drove it back to Arkansas. Yeah, and how far is that drive, first of all? Because that's a long drive. That's like 12. It was 12 and a half hours. Yeah. And you lose an hour. You got to remember that too, especially when you're meeting someone to pick up a trailer. And those, <laughs> it's on the water innovations, by the way. And uh, great guys. And I actually, I said, huh, I think I'm in a time warp. They said, why? I said, my clock just changed and I'm not going to get there till 8.30 tonight. And he goes, how about tomorrow? And I said, you want to meet me at 5 a.m.? He goes, we'll meet you at 8.30 tonight. So, and, uh, you know, and they said, you know, you're going to be here a while. We've got to walk you through the whole thing. And so I was there to about 9.30, but. So it was Arkansas to South Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina, back to Arkansas. And then up here. And then up. 18 and a half hours up here. So uh, for four days, I haven't even done the math. How many? So that's basically 24 hours and then 18 and a half hours. And I was sleeping every once in a while to get up here. That's a lot of windshield time. Well, it's taken me 12 years to get up here and I was not going to miss it. So you just bought that new, that new truck and this new trailer a couple of days ago. You're going to need new tires already. I think. Probably. (laughs) It's already got over 5,000 miles on it. Yeah. And I haven't even had it. 10 days. <laughs> and a new oil, an oil change and some oh, new yeah, tires. Oh, yeah, 10 days. That's, I wonder if that's a record. <laughs> I'd probably be too, <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, uh, it's a custom trailer. It's got car, you got rod, two rod. Uh, rod lockers rod on Rod lockers on there. Mm-hmm. And a Yeti strap to it, too. It's a pretty cool trailer. And, yeah. and purple ground effects lights on it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it holds three bikes. So he's on the water innovations, builds a lot of, they they build trailers and sell them anyway, but then they do a lot of custom builds for a lot of kayak anglers. That's how I got to, I heard about them. And uh, my problem is I'm also, I guess it's a problem. I'm also a cyclist. And so if, if I, if I'm carrying a, you know, a boat trailer, then I don't have my bikes on there because that's a trailer hitch situation. So it's always kind of bothered me because I'm having to move every, it's a major hassle if I want to go do anything. Hey, those bikes got a shotgun holder? <laughs> well, I can get a shotgun. You saddle gun going. So I called the guys and I said, I need to be able to transport my bicycles and my kayaks or canoes and, and I've got to carry for work. I need to carry rods and reels and everything else and uh he said okay how many of this how many of that and you know how many lights do you want and so it's great when you open up y'all need to come see it when when you open up each of the boxes he's got that rigged with lights so you know because a lot of times you're coming off the water in the dark you have to worry about it i've got a light switch for the rigging lights on the trailer and then just part of the regular running lights are those purple leds underneath so it's pretty cool Hey, Paul, <clears throat> is it in uh, Greg's contract that he has to sing every night here at the bar, or is it? <laughs> so many nights a month, and I'm, he's got to be close to that quota. He's, he's put some nights in. And, <laughs> and then there's extra nights when I just feel like singing. When you just feel like singing. <laughs> Which has got to be every night, because the entire time in the boat, he's just back there singing, running the motor, uh, singing, whatever song you're working on, or... Whatever song was in your head. Yeah, singing makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's do, you got any, the, do you got anything voice right now? Just uh, my voice is returning. Oh, yeah. And what were we? Oh, it was the Jimmy Buffett, a pirate turns 40. 
Mother, mother ocean, I've heard you call. Wanted to sail on your waters since I was three feet tall. Oh, we need the I, guitar. I feel like we are. You should get a guitar. Basement. We should dim the lights a little yeah. bit, get a live audience yeah. in here for the show. God. No, it's something I've been doing since I've been about 12. So <laughs> it's hard to put it that away. Guitars come and find you. If, yeah, it's because fishing and singing and music, that's all its all part of it. Having fun. Hand in hand. You know, I'm a professional at having fun. I don't know how many times I've been on a trip like this at a hunting lodge, fishing lodge, whatever, and inevitably one of the guides or one of the owners or somebody whips out an acoustic guitar. Usually happens about midnight. Yeah. And there's sometimes... <laughs> Just a, before the northern lights. Yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. there's a campfire involved and somebody's always singing. And I feel like at a glow, somebody else was singing a little bit. Weren't you singing over there, Brian? Were you up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, I, I do a little picking myself. It, it's always a good time. Get together with other, other guitar players around a campfire. It's... Uh, I don't want to say it's as magical as the Northern Lights. I would like to think so. I would like to think so. Um, but no, it, it's it, it's a blast because then everybody gets into it, yeah. and it's you know that's what it's all about. When was the a glow up here last yeah, time well, that, that we ended up? Uh, I don't know if you were in on that. Les Meister was there, but I can remember playing for the at the Aglow conference in that cabin out in the woods. Yeah, out in you know, the woods. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, that, that but <laughs> I was like, where is it? They're like, it's through those woods yeah. over there. And if you remember, I think it was trying to rain on us all. And we would huddle up around that campfire and we'd still play. And people came out and sang along and it was a good time. Yeah. Sing along songs. Those are the best. Uh, well, always. Ones everybody best. knows the words to. Yeah. Well, that, way, just... that way we don't have to carry them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 exactly. Well, you got exactly right. you to gotta, you gotta work the room, right? I mean, you got you to gotta please the crowd when you're up there. Otherwise, you're just singing for yourself. You want to hear. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know the words? <laughs> Could you do some Wheeler Walker for us, right? Uh, uh, I don't know. This goes on now. Yeah, maybe not. Bad idea. It's probably the <laughs> off, off camera and off radio, maybe. Well, I feel like this is kind of a, a mini glow reunion for four of the five of us bit, anyway. Yeah. Greg, we didn't see you out there. But yeah, I didn't go to Michigan this year. But yeah. Sounded like you had fun. No, there was no fun. Yeah, not at all. There was no fun at all. Totally all Get a bunch of hunters and fishermen together at a campfire. Uh, what kind of fun could you possibly have? Yeah. And that, <laughs> that's the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders, for those of us, for those of you that haven't heard us talk about that uh, for the last, well, I don't know, month and a half, we've probably been talking about it quite a bit on this show right here. Uh, but we, that was in Gaylord, Michigan this year, and we were all out there. And it is, it is business, Paul, like you said. I mean, there, it, I'm not going to say it's all business, but it's a good time. And if you're in the, if you're an outdoor, you know, communicator outdoor, uh, in the outdoor industry or content creator or whatever, it's, it's a great experience, whether you're there, uh, showcasing products or if you're there as a creator or getting stories or just being able to go out and, and hunt and fish and do whatever. I didn't get to, uh, I didn't have time to do any hunting and fishing out there, but did you, did you fish at all or anything? Or I did not get a chance to hunt or fish. No, I was all business the whole time. Um, no, I, I didn't. But I, I, the fun part was is actually when everybody came back at night and, yeah. and during dinners and just listening to their experiences. Um, you know, that's what's so cool about Aglow, and that's why we're a part of it, is just a bunch of like-minded people in the outdoor industry making connections and just 
giving everyone this this real roundabout opportunity to, to share with as many people as possible. Well, I joke, with Brian, with your brother, Mark, when we were out there that even though we were having fun around the campfire when you guys are singing or whatever, it's still kind of business. It's, some, it's a networking thing. And I, I feel like you almost get more business, more work done in that type of situation. Yeah, Aglow has perfected that over the 60-some years they've been in existence. And it's probably... If, if any business-like association um, ever really wanted to try to copy a, an absolute no-brainer for, you know, for network building, literally open the cooler, have the beers on ice, build a campfire, and have a couple guys with guitars sitting at it. I mean, there's something... Let, let's face it, there's just something when you're sharing a beer with somebody and you're talking stories and then all of a sudden you realize you've been to the same places, you know the same people, you like to do the same things. All of a sudden it's like, well, what do you do? Oh, I, I sell Smith's knives or, oh, I'm a, I'm a PR rep. You know, all of a sudden, boom, magic is made. Well, I've been looking for somebody, no kidding. And then all of a sudden, there, you, you know, you got, you got a marriage made in heaven like that, you know, business-wise. But to break down the barriers to break that down because anybody can walk into your office and say, you know, I want your business, it's not, but to actually see somebody that is out there with you doing what it is that you do and what you love doing. And whether, again, whether you're selling the products or writing about the products or doing videos or podcasts about the products, whatever it might be, or the destinations, whatever, to see us all together and to meet people, that actually is what builds those bonds and builds that business, and, it, and it's great. I mean, it is really has been a phenomenal experience for me, and I think I've been a member now for, I wanna say, since at least 96, um, and bar none, the, the, best, the best clients that I've ever gleaned out of there and has been from there, actually, but the most business for any single expenditure I've ever done actually has come from a glow. As the honest God truth, I mean, I could I could go on for, gosh, the rest of your podcast about it. I mean, it's just it really is it really is a great organization, and I mean, heck, it, look, it brought all of us together right here for you know for well, Resort, it's a lot, you know? lot more than I remember coming to the one up here and not having any clue about anything about social media, and I mean, there was great presentations, and you know, it, it's Dina, you gave one of those presentations, I believe. I have two of them. <laughs> well, two of them. And it's it's funny because when you when you want to network with somebody or you want to do business with a brand out there and you might have to make a cold call or you find an email and you try to reach out. Next thing you know, you're sitting in this office surrounded by, you know, receptionists and four walls and computers. We were sitting there at one of the after uh, one of the in the room where everybody gathered after everything was done and we were just hanging out, having a beer or whatever. And the hospitality suite. Thank you. The hospitality suite. And it was the Lake of the Woods one, right? It could have been. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it was, uh, they all kind of blend together after a while. But, uh, all business. All business. So, but there, I, there's a circle of people standing there and we're all just kind of talking and having fun. And it's, you know, a little bit of business, but a lot of it's just like, hey, you know, that was a lot of fun today. Or who are you? Where are you from? And I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, just kind of joking around with this guy next to me. I'm like, I don't think I've met you before. Somebody introduced me to, maybe it was you, Dina, that introduced me to him. And, Oh, yeah, I'm the marketing director for Benelli. I'm like, oh, <clears throat> sober up quick. <laughs> All right. Nice to meet you. Like, that is something where I, you know, it would take how many people to get to that guy if I were to try to contact 
their office directly, you know, or how many times would that his, my phone call go to voicemail before he'd have time to actually probably return my phone call. It'd be hard, but here I am just sitting there talking to this guy for a half hour, no idea who he is, no, like no pressure type situation, just sitting around having, having a drink with, uh, with some friends and here. It's somebody that's probably, you know, a pretty good guy to, to get to know. So, and you know, I have, did you have something, Brian? Did you? Oh, Paul. Actually, uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. talking about networking and a glow, we just we just had uh, D, DU up here, and we had Benelli uh, shotguns, and uh, they were it's an eight two eight U model, uh, an over under twenty gauge that they were showcasing. Uh, we can with, talk about that. We can't show you pictures. Of it. <laughs> okay, yeah. we can yeah, talk no. about. It. We just can't show it to you. <laughs> okay, but the, the cool part was is that that, that networking, getting yeah. some of them brands up here to use. Lake of the Woods uh, being the backdrop for a lot of this, um, fishing, hunting, uh, and then this networking, you know, and, and just to have the, the location like Lake of the Woods uh, is kind of- Oh, it's a, you can do everything part. here. Absolutely. You can do anything here. You know, if, if you had a, some sort of brand, a canoe, <laughs> a gun, a boat, a jig, you know, electronics, whatever, grouse hunting, sharp tail hunting, uh, duck hunting, whatever. So many things you can do. And uh, we should have been up here a few days earlier to go out with Benelli and DU. I'm just saying, you know, just saying. Um, but yeah, I did hear about that. I was pretty jealous. But we hunted up here a couple of years ago, filmed some Prairie Sportsman episodes. And uh, I mean, like, that was a lot of fun. Almost blew my shoulder off from shooting at geese so many times. We shot so many geese. It was great. Part of the reason why. Part of the reason why. Grab that microphone right there. One of the main reasons why Riverbend Resort is a member. Of a, of a glow is to be able to provide when there when these different um, you know what do I want to say relationships are being built we literally hey we're a great destination to come yeah. to do these things that's why you guys are here with us that's why Benelli and DU came up and it's through those relationships built and Lake of the Woods all of what we have to offer and of course Riverbend Resort being a great kicking off place you know the base camp so to speak we got you know the bar the bar and restaurant and of course you know wonderful accommodations with our cabins and you know it it, it absolutely just brings it all together and, and seals it up and I think that's you know and I mean I met Paul a long time ago but when he became a member and started coming to glow more and more the light bulb was going on over his head too going my gosh these guys are talking about doing business, going out and doing this. I'm tossing my hat in the ring and saying, "Come on up, let's let's get her done." So I mean, that, that's really that's kind of cool to bring it full circle that way. And I think we're aren't we broadcasting in the Greg Jones wing of of Riverbend? Because you're just going to live here pretty soon, aren't you? At, at Lake of the Woods. I mean, this is. If I didn't have to go to the big city. I would never would. Does anybody else want any fish? I want I made, a, you know, I made one whole bass. Right, Brad, do you want some fish? <laughs> I haven't had any yet. Don't eat all of yeah, them. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably burn me up and put me in the river when, when the end comes. It's, you'll be fishing oh, over yeah, me someday. Oh, yeah, let me someday. try one of these. Well, uh, you know, and Dan is normally part of this show, and he's not here with us. I know he's very jealous. But, Dean, I thought it was pretty funny, you know. You had uh, uh, Lee Rose with us, you know, and you have a one college angler and Dan, who was uh, part of the Bemidji Safe Fishing Team, kind of helped him with a lot of stuff around all their social media. Immediately... <laughs> immediately he's facetiming all his friends <laughs> while he's got her there and she's talking to all his friends at the at uh, glow this year oh oh you didn't know about <laughs> that oh yeah oh yeah 
Yeah, Lee Rose. So they were all because Dan's like, I'm Lee Rose. Lee Rose Rose is here, and all his friends were jealous. So immediately at a Facetime, we'd be like, See? Ah, okay. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. So those are cool. you've got a couple girls that work for you, right? That's uh, Lacey Jumper and Lee Rose Coza. And uh, no, I thought it was really cool that. You know, you've got, we've got, they're about the same age, right? you know, and he's working for you and you're teaching him what you know, and I'm doing the same thing with them. And that's, that really is the next generation. You know, it seems like there's a big gap. You know, we've, we've got people around our age, a little bit younger. Hey, it's and not that big of a us, gap. Us, us 30 something. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's cool to see them, and it was it was fun watching them at the campfire and being there because you notice how they sectioned off. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we had them over there, and you've got all the different groups, and I don't know. It's it's kind of cool to watch it. That's still networking, right? Yes. <laughs> how do I run my computer? <laughs> What's this two-part two authentication? <laughs> um, did we? I know we touched on it a little bit, but this this is your first time up here to Lake of the Woods, right? Because you lived in Minnesota mm-hmm. for a while, but you've never been up here. Nope. I kept you, trying to get up here, and something always got in the way. What do you think? I love it. I really do. I can't wait to come back for ice. What was your first impression when you got up here? Was it what you were expecting? Um... I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't know what exactly I was expecting, to tell you the truth. I mean, I always heard about Lake of the Woods. I know it's this giant lake, and and um, I believe, and if I'm wrong, then, you know, edit. Kidding. Um, I was told once that if it was entirely in the U.S., it would be the largest Great Lake. Is that true mm. or not? Is it not? Sure. It's because it's not. <laughs> no. I mean, because it's not one of the Great Lakes, because it's not. It really is that's that what big. I was told. Like, I, no, like I don't know. Y'all can grade. laugh at me. No, I know this no, is being recorded. I think but it's considered the. It would be the sixth Great Lake because of its shoreline, uh, total shoreline. You know, okay. a million square miles, and like. So I was close. So oh, it's yeah. something yeah. like it's that. It's huge. Right? Okay. I mean, it's huge. All right, it's, I'm getting there. It's taking me. And it goes there. forever into Canada. And yeah, yeah. they, we have three islands, and they have eight million. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Works. But I thought it was really neat how everything seems close knit along the shoreline of of the river, which was really cool. And I haven't got to explore much yet because I've been fishing so much. But I'm going to get out and check it out and. I want to look at the parks and, you know, a lot of the other things out here, too. And then keep fishing. <laughs> fishing is... And then what did you tell me? Is it, Did you say 70 or 75 miles of river that I could... So is it 75 miles 40, from uh, I-Falls 40, to, yeah, to the... It's probably 42, that. It's 46 it? by water to get to uh, Birchdale, basically. So 46. Yeah, Grab that microphone there, Greg. It's probably it's 46 by water to get to Birchdale, and you probably got another 46 to High Falls. It gets skinny on top of that, so navigation gets a little more challenging there. But you know the run from here to Frontier is pretty nothing really to get in the way. Silver Creek, I guess, is the one that goes back to the history. They used to log a lot up here, and there's old cribs in there, but the channel is marked. You know, you got the the old red right return, you know, yeah. when you're uh, coming back, keep the red on your right, 
when you're going up the reds on your left so but um it is uh you know there's a lot of room and it's amazing how far the fish will swim you know i mean it's they'll uh, i think they're kind of what's going on now i think they're like geese you know when you talk hunting when they migrate when they go on a migration you know you get ten thousand birds flying over you it's not you ain't gonna get them to come down to the decoys but once they find the area that they're gonna settle into then the hunting gets real good and i have seen uh, there was one year up by frontiers about two miles a river that was top to bottom marks on the graph and you could find the ends of it and both end and you could see it was moving we couldn't catch fish in it but it was one of the most amazing things i ever seen on a depth finder and it was like wow and that that's the only thing it could have been was a bunch of walleyes on the move and they were using the whole water column from the top to the bottom and tried everything imaginable to get them to bite but uh you know wherever those fish settled in at they were they would have been catchable at that point but it's like i said with the geese migrating i think almost once they get on the move they get going and it's hard to you know change their minds until they find where they want to settle down at what's your biggest walleye up here well, biggest that's been in the boat. Or biggest in your boat. Biggest in the boat, yeah. That was 33 and 7 eighths, and God, there was a dang. 33 and an eighth. 33 and the eighth Man. came out of the lake, and the 33 and 7 eighths came out of the river. So we're shooting for 34 every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't got there. there yet, but I'd like to skip 34 and just get to 35. 35. Yeah, you know? I like the way you think. So when you talk about those migrations out here, too, wasn't there a story a couple of years ago about a, a, like a tag sturgeon that was that either came from here and went way north or was way north and came into the river, got caught down here and was tagged, you know, way up in the northern part of Lake in Canada well, somewhere? They, I guess I don't know that particular story, but those sturgeon are amazing too. I mean, I've fished them many a times, and there's a time frame. It's it's usually late May into early June. There's uh, Rapid River's one place where you can actually go see them with your eyes. You know, you could, I mean, if it was 200 years ago, we'd be been there and grabbing them to, to feed ourselves, basically. Mm-hmm. And it goes on in a few places, but it... It's one of those spectacles of nature, you know, better than any TV show. You could you could sit there for hours and just watch it happen. Can't you pretty much walk across that bay when? Well, you could you <laughs> just watch them come up in the rapids and and they're there to spawn yeah. basically. You know, it's the DNR keeps a pretty good eye on it. Yeah. Everybody kind of self-regulates, but you know, you can't go touch them or anything like that. But right. there are, uh, you know, a place like that has been drawn people to it ever since there's been people you know now we go to watch a long time ago you went there to stay alive yeah can i ask you about management on this lake a little bit because i think the dnr does a pretty good job up here they got their hands full and you're working with canada and ontario and and that's not always an easy thing to do to to work with another agency like that when it comes to management but aside from even what's happened in the last couple of years with COVID and the increase of pressure on this lake um some limits have have changed a little bit and we're still seeing more and more people fish out here particularly in the, in the winter what do you what do you foresee for the future do you see a potential reduction more of limits do you think that what effect would that have in your mind or do you think that's that that could happen you know it's uh, i guess got to get into the numbers the other thing that's hard to factor in like you said a lot of the lakes in canada 
you know, those fish can, there's no fence out there right. keeping them. They can take off and swim north through. As long the as they have their uh, <clears throat> their shots, I think they can go back and forth. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I think when, you, you know, you're looking at anything, <laughs> anything test. like that when, you know, a lake goes on a tough bite, a lot of times it's because there's plenty of food. So as long yeah. as the food source, I mean, we've seen that on other lakes, you know, Mille Lacs would be a good example when... I mean, I literally took a piece of bubble gum out of my mouth, put it on a jig, and caught a walleye on it. And that's because the fish didn't, they looked terrible. They didn't. I mean, yeah, the fish oh, look healthy. Right, so, right. And, you know, last couple of days, you've seen plenty of small fish. I mean, obviously, they're spawning. I mean, and all summer long, we've I've seen plenty of, uh, you know, six, eight inch fish getting. I mean, we had one get kicked out today that was, yeah. I mean, that come out of a 15, 16 inch walleye, you know, that. He ate something that was six inches long. So. Yeah, which is a great sign for a you know, naturally reproducing lake is to see that yep. that size class. You know, those, I believe they say are the, in the first two years of their life when they're in that six to 12 inch range. Uh, that's what I've heard. But yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of them. And uh, I, I just, it, it's Seems a healthy lake. Producing it, the year classes, you know, and once they get over that, uh, you know, there's uh, 19 and a half to 28, it's mandatory release. You know, when they first, <laughs> I can remember being in the boat with Grandpa, up when they first changed that, you know, he didn't like that. And he would kind of, no, I bet. really know what Alzheimer's was back then, but we'd put them fish in the live well. And then when <laughs> Grandpa wasn't looking, I'd reach in the live well and let them over the side, you know. Yeah. Done the same thing with big bluegills on lakes when it was all we got to keep them. And then they'd, I'm gonna go put the boat in and drop it off back here. I'm going across the lake and them putting some back. Them ten and a half inch bluegills are going back in the yeah. lake. We ain't gonna clean them, you know. Right. So well, I'll tell you what, the slot limit here when they put that slot on this lake, I think it was the best thing that they ever could have done here. Yep. I think that has definitely contributed to what this fishery has become. Winter pressure is definitely there, but you know, a lot of people out there in the winter are. I mean, some are fishing hard. Some are just to have fun, bringing their families up and a little more like ice camping. Um, sure. You know, and it depends on what's going on. Some of those really heavy pressured years, you got too much snowfall and bad ice conditions in places. It pushed everybody here, you know. So, but, um, and a lot of times, I mean, I spend a lot of time in the shallow water and I'm a long ways away from where all the ice houses are, you know. So, you know, those, those fish don't necessarily swim to where the ice houses are. Right, for know? sure. So, yeah. They do different things. Last winter, we were on a, up here, there was a pattern where them fish were swimming five to 10 feet below the ice. And that hmm. throws a lot of Interesting. people. It was hard. I sat and fished them with a flasher and it was like, oh, this is frustrating. I caught one finally. And then Paul had a group, they were from New York. And I remember talking to him, I said, you got any tip-ups? Yeah, we got 10 of them. I said, oh, well, there you go. it's a beautiful day finally. It had been 40 below for two weeks. It's like, why don't you put them tip-ups out? Five, ten feet below the ice, see what happens, and you can see them running around from a mile away. They were catching fish, so they'll they'll do things that people don't necessarily think walleyes will do. You know. Well, it's, it's just that old adage: you don't have to chase the crowds. So, sometimes it's best to get away from them too. Yep. You know, where there's a lot of people fishing, that gets uh, pushes fish around a little bit. A little yep. bit sometimes. They will adjust to it, and they'll do different. Uh, different things i mean there's and there's different forage bases here i mean the, there's a time when they really get on the crawdads out there they eat a lot of crawdads oh yeah and, i've seen it and uh you know it's it's not only the shiners the shiners have these couple windows this i mean they'll be on the bait 
most of the summer, but there's a time when they switch off to crawdads and, uh, you know, perch doesn't seem to be as much of a forage base here as hmm. in other places. There's some really big perch out there, that's for yeah. sure. But but those those perch, they'll be, you know, they'll kick out dragonfly larvae and all kinds of different weird critters, bloodworms or something you'll see on your anchor oh. out here. And I mean, all the fish, it's the whole cycle, the whole food chain is out there, you know, and that's, that's what makes it go. This is an amazing place that everybody should come come and take a trip here. And then for your second choice or third choice, I've got a few favorite places on the planet. Uh, Saskatchewan, of course, being one of them, but Alaska would be another one. That'd be really cool to go. And uh, you guys are gonna leave one great place to go to another great place. Uh, Paul and Brian, you guys are going, you're gonna go from, from walleyes to halibut? Absolutely. We leave tomorrow for Kodiak Island. Man. So we're heading up there. Actually, um, my brother asked us if we wanted to come up and, you know, do some fishing. And, oh, my God, it'd be really cool. We're going to go in October. It's a great time. And I'm kind of looking at him going, <laughs> man, that's wind of 70-mile-an-hour straight-line winds. You know, start blowing through there. And I'm like, yeah. catch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so then Paul was like kind of sitting with an earshot and he turns around and he's like hey I'll, I'll go I'll help you know I'll, I'll go up there and catch some fish it'll be fun and Mark's like oh yeah that'll be great awesome so he gets us hook line and sinker to do it right we're going up there this is when we're going and then he goes yeah we'll get a couple couple three days maybe in a fishing and stuff and we're like what and he goes yeah we got to side my house <laughs> <laughs> the juvenile bears that are right. yeah exactly right yeah and then we get we just got this uh this alert from because we we're going out to a little uh village on the island called port lions and we just saw on their uh their facebook page that they they have eight uh juvenile bears that are hanging out there now so you know they're all three-year-olds they're, they're definitely here, bears that'll eat you <laughs> yeah and so it was this like uh be safe and be smart but anyway so yeah they're hanging out before they you know they're just roaming around mom's already kicked them out so now they're trying to figure out where to go where to go to get their dry goods you know <laughs> <laughs> right well, it's that time of year. It's a transition time, so it's a, it's a good time. Paul, probably for you, it's probably the only time you can really get away to do something like this because you're kind of transitioning to the winter season now. Yeah, so the fall time, obviously, we, you know, the culmination of all the fall colors and the, and the hunting and the, and the spring or fall run. And then, and then there's this time where it gets cold and it's too cold to fish and it's, it's really too cold to hunt unless you're deer hunting and everyone's kind of out in their deer stands and it's quiet time it really is and and so november is kind of nice to hit the reset um freshen everything up get ready for winter yeah well uh winter season you got some rentals you got some new new sleepers don't you yeah we added uh two new sleepers last year um pretty plush really nice decked out sleepers we actually did a show with greg on midwest uh kind of showcasing those so you know definitely go on on midwest and, and check that show out we're adding one more of those this year uh, to the fleet. So we have three brand new ones. Uh, we have, and they're five five person sleepers. Uh, Rose have, City, Rose City makes them, or where are you? Yeah, getting? Rose City sign uh, out of Rose City, Minnesota. Yep. Uh, made these. They made uh, five new six man day houses for us. Kind of same setup, same size. 
And then, um, so we have eight sleepers total in the, in the fleet this year and uh, 26 day houses. And uh, there's plenty of lodging for anybody that wants to come up this winter and fish with us. And Brian, we can see all that stuff on the website. Yep, everything's on the website. We even have a tour of one of our new sleepers on the, on the website. And you know, the thing about the, uh, you talk about the evolution of different things. It, it's not it's not like a scene from grumpy old men i mean it's like you're going in and there's a kitchen there's yeah. an oven <laughs> it's like a house there's a big screen tv it's it's a cabin yeah exactly right very comfortable they're all heated uh yeah a- absolutely they're they're plush um wonderful wonderful accommodations out on the ice if, you know if that's your thing if you've never experienced that before that is really something to put on your bucket li- list because that, that is a lot of fun to go out there and then you know, you're sleeping and you you put the little bell on on your yeah. right. It wakes everybody up. You it's know? a race. Oh, it's awesome. it's a race. Yeah, it is. When it's a race. To get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. You don't want to get beat when it's when it's the thirty hooking up when you're sleeping. That's you don't right. want to get beat That's to the right. to the hole. All right, we'll run through the website and social media places and the platforms where we can find you guys. All right. So obviously, it's uh, riverbendresort.com. And then on Facebook, we're, uh, again, riverbendresort.com, or are we still Riverbends? Riverbend Resort and Walleye Inn. Riverbend Resort and Walleye Inn. So on Facebook. And then, um, so yeah, you literally follow us through all those things. We do have an an Instagram handle. Um, I'm not too keen on the Instagram. Riverbend Resort Low. L-O-W. L-O-W, that's right. So, and I apologize for that, all you guys that love Instagram out there, but I'm just not, <laughs> I'm on it, but I just don't sit on it, so I apologize. Dina can give a, a quick tutorial on it. I noticed she was giving me the evil eye there. I could feel it. I could feel it kind of burning the side of my face. I thought there. it might have been Greg, because Greg loves Instagram. Yeah, sure. I, mean, no, I might be on it. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say, no, he doesn't. Snap to it. There's probably a lot of people that have actually been here to river bend before and you know the bar here is actually uh uh called uh, miles lab oh, actually yeah. miles is someone or the dog that was here with us for i don't know how long was miles with uh, us all the 10 years that we've been here at river yeah. and uh we lost miles about a week ago so it it stuck us pretty hard i mean uh dogs don't live long enough but it's if you if you're listening to this and you've been to the resort and you probably gave miles a chunk of bacon he's no longer with us but we sure do miss him we do we do absolutely yeah you guys had a memorial for him here in the bar the other day yeah sunday yeah sunday that was a good turnout actually it was kind of neat it was neat like the people that he actually interacted with people that we had never met but that had come in on an occasion for dinner or uh, birthday lunch or whatever it was, had met him and and it was just kind of neat to see the reach that he had as a resort dog. Miles I mean, it was known in the neighborhood. There's many uh, stories. What what, what <laughs> oh, just, yeah. uh, the neighbor resort called one day and said uh, your dog's in the in the cabin watching TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, so he went in. He went into one of the cabins, and uh, the housekeeper's like, you know, no big deal. Um, and so he's up on the couch, he's watching TV. And uh, so the, the housekeeper leaves the cabin. The group comes and checks in and they said, oh, is this normal that there's a dog that comes with our cabin? <laughs> and so, so the manager from that resort calls me up and says, hey, are you missing your dog? And I said, we've been looking for him for like two and a half hours. Oh, well, he's in the lodge now. He was in the cabin. The guests found him just hanging on the couch watching TV. So it was, yeah, he was a, he was a nut. He was so cool, he's but a good dog. we're going to miss him. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Uh, and Dina, we should say uh, King Eider Communications. Where, where can we find uh, everything that you're doing? KingEiderPR.com is the website. King Eider. And, uh, the brands that we're working with and the different services we provide are on there. Very good. All right. Well, uh, everybody, thanks for being on the show. Had a great time. Let's thanks, go. Grant. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go put a big one in the boat in the morning. Go fishing. All right. All right. Thank you for watching. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or go to FindingFins.com and make sure to like our sponsors. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com.